How many times have you or your best friend said, you know, I just don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done? Or maybe you thought, if my team would only just handle this kind of stuff, then I wouldn't have to, and I'd be so much more effective. We as a team would be more effective, and I could spend more time growing the business. Well, both of those kind of statements are indications that the business may be running you more than you are running the business. And if you're not comfortable leaving your business to your team and allowing them to run things while you're gone for a week or two, then I'd suggest that your business may be root-bound and it's not going to grow until everybody gets free from their container. Hey, thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. My name is Morris Sims, and I'm going to be your host for today. And this is a short podcast, one of our short forms, and we're going to try and make it that way. Because that's what we'd like to do is do one every week in about 10 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> hey, y'all be with me this time because this one's going to take closer to closer to 20 or 25. I'm a corporate executive, an escapee who retired after 32 years in sales and training business owners and salespeople and executives. And now... Well, I'm having more fun than I've ever had because I get to do the teaching and consulting and training and working directly with the business people that we serve. And now on top of that, we're starting a new business for travel advisors and travel agency owners called Travel Masters Community. We'll give you more on that later. But for right now, let's get on with this episode. My first suggestion for a client that tells me that they're overwhelmed with things that they have to do and all those things that they have to do is stuff that only they can do is this. Let's look at the systems that you have in place and where we can add more systems and make the ones you have even better. Because when you have systems, you don't find yourself doing things over and over and over again that somebody else on the team could do if they just knew how to do it and we took the time to train them. I'm reading a book right now titled Free Time. Free Time by a a really nice lady. Her name's Jenny Blake, and she's got a couple of podcasts, and this is her second or third book. Great book, Free Time. She reminds us in one of the openings of one of her chapters, she reminds us of a mythology story about Sisyphus. Say that 10 times. Sisyphus, he made Zeus so mad because he cheated death. I mean, he was, Zeus was, well, let's just say Zeus was not happy. So Zeus condemned him to push a large rock ball up a hill. That was his job for eternity. And when it was just about to reach the top, well, he'd lose control and the ball would go rolling back down to the beginning and Poor old Sisyphus would have to start all over again, and that process continued throughout eternity, right? (laughs) I love mythology. Hey, have you got any Sisyphus tasks on your list of things to do? You know, the stuff that you and your team look for you to do, and everybody believes that they've got to wait on you to do it. What if we built a specific step-by-step procedure to do that task and When we taught the members of the team to get it done for you, it would change your lives. What if that were to be possible? But wait, somebody out there just said, wait a minute, hang on, Morris. There are decisions in here that I've got to make along the way that only I can make as the owner of the business. Well, 
then maybe we can teach the people on your team how to make those decisions. We can create a decision tree that says, if this, then do that. And one branch might even, branch might even say, hey, if this and none of the rest of them work, go ask the boss. Or maybe, in reality, if you allow them, the team can make those decisions just as well as you can, if not even better. Here's the golden question. What if you didn't ever have to push that rock up the hill again? Systems get you and your team out of the Sisyphus problem. Well, let's get into it and talk about how that might work, shall we? First, what is a system? Well, a system is a process. It's a set of steps or a procedure that clearly outlines what is to be done, when it is to be done, and by which member of the team. When the steps in the system are done the same way every time, it produces consistently positive results in less time and with less effort. Consider this. Why in the world would you want to stop working in your business where you're making sales to spend time building systems by working on your business? In other words, why take the time away from work to build the systems to hopefully make it better in the future? Well, i got a few ideas for you. Let me just, I'll just laundry list them for you, okay? You might want to build systems to become more effective and have more positive results, more positive outcomes. You might want to create systems to create pockets of free time where there are, where there used to be chaos and concern. Now there can be free time for you to grow the business. And that's the third thing, to allow you to grow the business. Without systems, the business organism becomes root bound in a small pot, instead of being allowed to grow unrestrained. You might want to do this to reduce those unwanted results and the mistakes and cause an increase in successful results and fewer mistakes. See, without a set of systems, a really good set of systems, the owner is never going to be free from running the business and, frankly, just running in general. The team or the staff is never going to grow into a self-determining team of people that want to do well and want to make the boss happy as well as grow the business themselves and have a positive impact on that. The team becomes kind of a bunch of uh, doobies, if you will, uh, accomplishing what they're told to do and doing it very well, but they may also be miserable because they aren't growing. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. The business can become root-bound, and when it does, it's not going to grow. So how do you build systems that get out of that problem? Well, there are three steps. Number one, identify the outcome that you want to repeat on a regular basis. In other words, find the thing you want to build a system for, right? You know, I want to always have this happen, so I need a system to make sure that that occurs. So identify the system or the, the potential system that you want to work on. And then reverse engineer the outcome. What I'm I'm suggesting here is ask these kind of questions. What has to be done to see the positive outcome happen? What, What needs to occur? What things need to happen in order for the positive outcome to occur that I want to see happen in this thing? Number two, who does what and when to make it happen? So as you're looking at this thing, you've got to ask, who is it that, that really does these things and what are the things that they do and when do they do them in order to make it all happen? The key here is that 
you are not on the list of the people that we expect to do much of anything about this. You're there to review the outcome and tweak the system, but you let other people run the system. Is there a sequence or logical way that this process needs to to go, and have I got that sequence correct? And are there clear assignments of responsibility for each task and triggers A trigger is what happens in each step to start the next step. So is there a clear way to trigger each step in the process? That's what we're talking about. Third step is for you to test the system. Try it out and look for problems. Where are the leaks and the cracks in the system that you just created? So what's missing? What's overdone? What does success look like? That's the thing that so many of us forget to to think about. At the end of this thing, that positive outcome what is that? And, and I say that very seriously because you've got to know exactly what that is. How do I measure whether or not we've reached the positive outcome? What do we measure and what level of that measurement equals success? Because we've got to know once it's all over with, did we, did we reach the objective? Did we reach success? Did we get it done the way it needs to be done? And finally, does everybody involved in the system Know their role, and do they take responsibility for that role? Some examples might help. Your morning routine could be a personal system. For me, it is. My morning system is is important to me. I'm up at 6.30. Well, okay, plus or minus 10. I'm up at 6.30. Clothes, coffee, about 25 prescription drugs, uh, daily scripture, prayer, and liturgy of the hours, get all my head stuff going so that I know where I'm going and what's going on. I review my big picture objectives, and then I review the plan for my day because, of course, I did that long before I get to the beginning of the day. Then I look at email and begin my work day. Now, why do I call that a system? Well, it's a set of steps. It's done the same way. Well, most every day is done the same way, and I get positive results by doing it. I get my mind prepared and program myself for the day ahead. Okay, here's another example of a a general kind of a system. What if you wanted to turn general conversations into business conversations when the time was right and things were going the way you wanted them to, and this is an opportunity? So how do I go about turning that general conversation, that great little conversation I'm having with that guy, into a conversation about business. So we're at a party. You're chatting with this this interesting person, and the question comes up, what do you do? Gee, Morris, what do you do? And you answer with your elevator talk. You remember that. An elevator talk is your short, concise answer to the question, what do you do, that leaves the, the person you're talking to with another question to follow up with. So if you were a travel advisor, let's say, you might say something like, uh, when, when asked, what do I do? I might say something like, um, I help people plan the very best vacations they've ever had. And the great part about it is when we do this, all you have to do is show up and have fun because we handle all the details and all the problems. Now, when you answer like that, that's going to lead the person you're talking with to say, well, that sounds like fun. How do you do that? Or really, where do you plan vacations for? Where do you, where do you plan for people to go? They're going to come up with some follow-up question. And then you answer it. And you answer it short and concise. And then you suggest that maybe now isn't the time or place to discuss it in detail. 
but you exchange contact information so you can find a better time to talk about it. We discuss this in great detail in our, our podcast on Elevator Talks, and if that's not out there yet, it will be soon. So is it a system? Yeah, it's a system for sure. See, you use your Elevator Talk in the same way every time. That's part of the process, right? And when they ask a follow-up question, you transition to business and you get the contact information that you need to be able to take the conversation away from the party and into a position where you and the person you're talking with can have a more productive conversation about business. Positive outcome? Well, yeah. You have now got contact information and you can begin to build a positive business relationship. Now, you may not do business with this person next week, next next month. You may not do business with them tomorrow. But if you stay in touch with them and you continue to work your connections, you will eventually, they will eventually do business with you. So how about one more system, okay? How do you gather information about a new prospect when you've reached out and you've got to this point where you're ready to talk about business? How do you gather information about that prospect and about what they need and want? Well, the system is you have a set of questions that you're going to ask every time. Some of those are fact-based questions, and they're easy to, to write down. They're easy to, to, to work with for sure. You know, how many people are traveling or how many people are going to be riding or, or whatever the case may be. Fact-based questions are pretty easy, but you can't just shoot those at somebody one right after the other. You've got to have a conversation here. So feeling questions are necessary to learn about what they really feel about whatever it is they're purchasing. What's important to them? What's their vision for what's going to happen after they've, they've received this service? you got to know what they want, what, what success looks like for them, so that you can make sure you get it for them. It's about having that conversation and not allowing it to become an interrogation. I mean, you're making a new friend here. A, you're building a business relationship. And that happens when we exchange questions with each other. When we ask questions and answer them, that's how we get to know each other, right? Isn't that how you make a new friend? Same thing. That's what you're trying to do is build that relationship. You might even have a form or a template that you use, especially if you're on the phone or, or on a Zoom call, something that allows you to, to know exactly what the questions are and then space to write in some notes about what the answer was. Somehow a cue to remind you to ask the right questions. That's always worthwhile. That is a system. You end the conversation with a call to action, a homework assignment for the prospect. You know, gee, Sally, I need you to confirm those dates with your family so we make sure that we plan for the right time of year. And then deliver a sense of urgency for them to get back together to review their homework and get them some further answers and ideas. You know, there are a couple of times during the year when things are just really, really busy we need to know when you're planning to go so we can work around those kinds of things for you. When can we get together and talk about that? You go ahead and you, you find a time and you, you set up a time for another conversation. Now, words and, and stuff, as we go through all this, my words are my words. And you're certainly more than, more than welcome to use anything that I say, but you don't have to. To make it work, you don't have to. You have to understand the concept and then implement the concept as best as it can be done for you. Now, what about systems for your staff? See, your team is loyal. 
They're energetic, and they're anxious to be of service. They're anxious to do well, and they're smart. Your staff, though, each and every one of them, they are not mind readers. So no matter how much they care, it's not going to be as much as you care about your business and your clientele. So you've got to make sure that you share with them your thoughts and feelings and vision for the business and how to do and implement this system and do it well. See, you've got to develop systems with them to make everybody's life easier and to make sure positive outcomes happen more often than other kind of outcomes. Systems for your team are going to make it easier for them to do their job well. It'll save you and your team hours upon hours of time doing the work that it would be necessary to fix the problems that occur when you don't have systems. All right, another example. When a client calls with a problem with the service that they purchased, maybe, you know, they called, they, they called, they emailed, they did something. Well, we're going to have some standards in place in this system. One standard would be that we return the communication on the media that they contacted us on or on the media that they asked us to communicate with them on. You know, you may have a client says, hey, look, I don't answer the phone, but I do keep real good close track of my email, so if you need to talk to me, send me an email. Even though they may have called me and left a voicemail, I'll return it by email and then return it by voicemail as well. Always return the call or the email or the text in no less than 24 hours, preferably within the same day that they called. So if they call and it's 10 after 5, you might want to return that call right then. And when you do, it's, hey, thanks for reaching out to us with that problem or concern or question. I will fix it, and I'll get you an answer by tomorrow afternoon. Let me call the hotel, and I'll get back to you. And if you don't know, don't speculate. Let me do some research, and I'll get back to you before 5 o'clock tomorrow and let you know what the progress is. Stay away from saying, that's a great question. Let me talk to the boss, and I'll get back to you. And, you know, any, any variation of that, let's stay away from that. Because it, it basically says, hey, look, I, I'm sorry, but the boss doesn't have time for you. She has time for me, and you and your trip are not as important to the boss as I am important to the boss. So you're going to have to wait on me rather than talking to her right now, okay? You don't want to leave that impression. So when they call with a problem, I'll get that fixed for you. Let me do some research, and I'll get back to you. Always speak with confidence and answer their question. Here's the answer. This is how it works. Or maybe it's okay. It is okay. And maybe you say, gee, you know, it's a great question. I'm not sure. Let me find out. I'll do a little research and I'll get back to you before close of business tomorrow. Or you could say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm totally accurate on this. I don't want to give you any incorrect information. So let me do a little bit of research and I'll get back to you before whatever your, your time frame is, right? And you end it with a call to action. We always give them something to do when you give them a solution to the problem. So you call them up, you give them the solution to the problem. This is how it's going to work. This is what you can expect. And then you might say, look, please give me a call back and let me know what happens so that I can jump in there and help if you need me, okay? But I need to know how things are going. So give me a call back tomorrow afternoon. Let me know where, where things stand. Those are just ways to, to be able to stay in touch. Now, some of that is, or it is, a stepwise procedure. It's a system, but there are also some standards set in there. 
Like, we're going to return that phone call within 24 hours, no matter what. Whether we have an answer or not, it doesn't matter. We're going to make sure they know that we care and we've returned their call. Systems for your team are really critical. Only when the team can run the kitchen as well as you can when you're not there, that's the only time when it's going to be able, when you're going to be able to automate your business. Only when the team can solve problems are you going to be able to put your position on automatic and go focus on other priorities that you need to focus on in order to grow the business, which is obviously a good thing for the team as well as for you, right? Now, once your staff understands the why and how of a particular situation, a particular system, then you will and you should develop trust with that staff person, with that team. You will then trust that they can carry out their portion of the business as they've been instructed to do just as well as you could. So you have to trust your team to handle problems and follow the process and follow the system and follow the sales process. That's the only way you're going to get to the point where you can let go and let them run the business for you. And then you can spend time growing the business or you can spend a couple of weeks in Cancun, whichever suits you. Once that happens, then you're going to be able to begin to, as they grow, you'll be able to backfill their position as you move them on to handle greater and more complex concerns. So as the team grows, you can begin to backfill their their position. Eventually, you want your team to operate the business as you see fit when you're not sitting right there next to them or when you're nowhere to be found or emailed or texted. Only systems are going to allow you that kind of freedom an ability to move on to do other things and to grow the business that you want to grow, all right? So let's review the procedure for building a system. Choose an outcome or, or a, a, a thing you want to build a system around and then reverse engineer it. Begin thinking on purpose and write down all the tasks that had to be performed to get to the positive result. Sequence the tasks to create a logical list of steps to get to the end, to get to that positive result. Then document it. Document it so that somebody who has no idea of what your business is could walk in and handle implementing the system. Document it and then document it and then check it all out and document it again. Teach and practice the system with the appointed staff members. Teach and practice it in the conference room, in your office, wherever, but practice it, not in the real world, Till they understand what their part what their parts are, then as they go out and produce and operate the system, you watch it, you watch it, and you watch the results. And after a period of time, you can go back and discuss it with the rest of the team and see if there might be some slight tweaks that you want to make to improve the system, or some tweaks that they recommend that we do to improve the system. Because if they're out there doing it, they're going to see and come up with better ideas than you or I ever could. So here we go. Systems or processes or procedures that when repeated as designed, continue to produce positive results without fail. But without systems, the owner and the business can become root bound and they're not going to grow no matter what we do. Using systems allows you to grow and allows you to turn over the day-to-day operation of your company to your highly intelligent and skilled team. And then you can go enjoy life more and do the other business things that you and you alone can do. But per normal, if you're the business owner and 
most of us always are. The next step is in your court. The ball is in your court. It's all up to you. It's that old thing, you know, if it is to be, it's up to me. Well, I got to tell you, that rings truer in the case of a business owner than ever before in any other place. What are you going to do to systematize your business and unlock the potential that your business has to grow without boundaries? You see, it truly is up to you. Thanks for listening. Please follow us or like us or subscribe. It, it really does mean a lot, and it means that we're going to be able to continue to provide this show for you and help you in the best way we possibly can. I'll see you next week right here. In the meantime, I'm still Morris Sims. Have a great week.